Week nine Sunday in the books. The San Francisco 49ers on a bye did not play, but leapfrogged over the Seattle Seahawks sitting at home. The West all lose except for those 49ers and some really important games coming up post by on the schedule for San Francisco as well. All that and more coming up right now. You are locked on 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Welcome to Lockdown 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Big ups to all the everydayers out there. See y'all jumping in the chat for our late night uh, after dark sesh here, Croc, uh, late Sunday here. And, and shout out to all the early morning drivers to work as well that listen to us every single day on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The first place San Francisco 49ers. Ain't no thing. Just kind of hang out and score six fewer points on the bye week than the rest of the NFC West combined crock. We had some ugly losses for the teams in the West this week, including the Seattle Seahawks, who fell to the Baltimore Ravens uh, in blowout style. What was the final? Uh, 37 to 3 was the final. So now the Seahawks and 49ers technically tied with five and three records, but the tiebreaker right now would go to the San Francisco 49ers. But Croc, some of those things are going to work themselves out with uh, two out of three upcoming against the Seahawks with the Philadelphia Eagles in between coming up in a few weeks after the bye. So some very important things upcoming but uh what would you see this sunday from the rest of the nfl nfc west specifically uh as uh, as the 49ers sat at home resting up during a week nine bye i think seattle seahawks and geno smith they continue to kind of struggle on the road so we definitely saw that arizona they had a quarterback starting that i i'm not sure i've ever heard of so i think they're waiting for kyle murray to be healthy, be able to play. They traded Dobbs away at the deadline. And then you see Dobbs pull out a miracle, come from behind victory for the Vikings just a few days after showing up. So uh, it, it feels like the NFC West is a little weaker, but the Seahawks, they're, they're not going to go away. Definitely a, a, a rough loss to a really good Baltimore team, 49ers, we'll have to see in a few weeks. Uh, but the Seahawks, they're, they're going to be tough, especially when you have to go up there and play them. Yeah, speaking of Baltimore, they're coming up just a few weeks after those two Seahawks matchups, too. So uh, it's a pretty important stretch of gains. And the 49ers have already had a, a pretty difficult stretch just before the bye as well. So some really important ones. More on that in a little bit. I want to talk some more about some of these games. Um, the Seattle Seahawks are, are a weird team. They, you know, obviously, they got beat up on the road at the Ravens. Ravens now 7-2. and two. Uh, The Seahawks 5-3. 37-3, the final score there. I think the 49ers handled the Seahawks last year. You don't want to overlook anybody. You don't want to overlook the Seahawks, but there's nothing about the Seahawks that really, like they're a good team. They're a young team. They're a competitive team, but they're not a team, even for their record and being a playoff team, you'd think, oh, oh no, it's the Seahawks. It's just, you never get that vibe with this Seahawks versus some of the, maybe it's just because I'm comparing them to the past Seahawks teams. They don't feel like that boogeyman team anymore. No, I definitely don't. You know, I talked about how 49ers, you know, back in the day, we're, you know, right now 49ers going through a rough stretch defensively. And I remember like 2012 or might have been 2013, early in that season, I think the Seahawks beat the 49ers like 42 to 
10 or something crazy like that, led by Kaepernick, like that whole team there. Uh, I don't think this is that same Seattle Seahawks team. I don't, so I don't think you have to worry about that going up there. But uh, they can kind of turn it on. I feel like they're kind of out of sync. And you, you watch the game and just the lack of targets to DK Metcalf, I feel like he's kind of falling all the way off for, for some reason. I don't think it's lack of ability, but maybe he's just not a focal point in the offense. They're trying to run the ball with Kenneth Walker. Uh, and they're kind of forcing that. But when you can't get stops and then the offense is struggling as well and there's no rhythm, uh, you get a beat down like what we saw today. Absolutely. The uh, the Rams mustered three points against the the Packers, just some bad quarterback play in the rest of the West too. So for those fans that are they're hating on some interceptions thrown by Brock Purdy, <laughs> should think your luck at stars the 49ers have Brock Purdy and not uh, some of the Clayton tunes of the world playing quarterback for him. 23 Rams lose to the Packers. I don't think the Rams were going to be a factor anyway, even without a, you know, even with a healthy, uh, a healthy Matthew Stafford all year. A little upset was Aaron Donald on the sideline too. After that one, he was just, I, he's not having, he doesn't like the, the L's that are starting to mount now two straight years for the Los Angeles Rams and the Packers aren't that great of a football team this year. And they, they whooped them pretty good. Uh, and then the the Browns blanked this, the Cardinals 27 to nothing. So that's the check-in with the NFC West during the bye. The Niners are in pretty good shape there. One and eight Cardinals that now, again, if the season ended today, would have the first pick in the NFL draft, even ahead of those Carolina Panthers who are one and seven because they've had a bye and the Cardinals haven't both won wins teams. A couple of ta- talented quarterbacks that should be in the – be up there around pick one overall. You got Caleb Williams and you got Drake May. Uh, and I think uh, Arizona's kind of gunning for another top 10 pick uh, using it on the quarterback after Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen, and now whoever they pick this time. The Rams are at six right now, I think. And they're going to have some more losses. Like you don't want like May and Williams in the division, right? And that's a, that's a possibility. I still think the Cardinals will end up sticking with Kyler Murray, but um, Kyler Murray has to be healthy and, you know, um, improve to the new regime in town that he is the guy this year. And probably, I thought he was going to play this week, but I guess next week we'll see Kyler Murray there with the Cardinals. And maybe that'll help them get a couple wins. And then we won't have to have the conversation about Caleb Williams if they don't have that first overall pick. But there's a lot of good quarterbacks in this draft, too. So it could be, you know, Penix, it could be uh, Drake May, it could be a number of dudes. So the 49ers might have one of those new quarterbacks in the West to compete against. As long as they don't look like CJ Stroud, because he's balling right now. <laughs> D'Amico's like probably calling up Kyle and like, hey, Kyle, dude, it's not that hard to find a franchise quarterback. What, what, do you, what were you doing over there for all these years? All you do is you just draft the guy uh, at the top of the draft and, and you're good. You know what's funny is the Texans kind of, they kind of hedged. They kind of did both, right? They did the, okay, well, we're going to go D line and we're going to build around our defensive line. So we, we got to take Will Anderson. It's like, but then we're also going to trade up. So we got this extra pick and we're going to take the quarterback too. Um, and I know they trade up to three for Will Anderson, but um, yeah, CJ Stroud is is the real deal. I mean, five touchdown passes, 470 passing yards. Love seeing that in, in Bobby Slowick's offense and in that scheme. And D'Amico Ryan's and the Texans surprising a lot of people. They're 500 right now, four and four, Crock. I have a question for you. How many points did the Houston Texans give up? Uh, they gave up 37 points. They gave up 37 points. So you're telling me. It's possible to win when your defense gives up 37 points, not 22, like the 49ers gave up against the Minnesota Vikings and everybody's calling for the defense coordinator's head. But 37 points led by D'Amico Ryans, a D'Amico Ryans-led defense, gave up 37 points. 
And somehow, some way, an offense was just like, you know, it's okay. You gave up 37. We'll score more. We'll score more than the 37 you gave up, and we'll bring this thing home. Sometimes you got to help the defense out a little bit. It's a little more difficult for other yeah. teams, I guess. Now, that's true. That's true. Maybe uh, maybe Kyle needs to call up Bobby and and, and steal some elements back for his offense. Uh, you know, uh, CJ Stroud, though, is the real deal, and it's, it's rare to see him. Speaking of uh, – quarterbacks and Brock Purdy kind of real deal or like another (laughs) level of a real deal a different level of real deal I think um but I mean it to to look because it's rare that the player looks exactly like he did in college usually it's like oh man it's not that easy because he's always been like that really calm collected guy super accurate um I I didn't know how dynamic he was and it was like ah yeah I, I like him but number two overall number one overall I just wasn't sure about the, those two quarterbacks at the top of the draft. Like, are they really just slam dunk number one, number two guys you're going to trade up for? One of them's five nine, and the other one's like, yeah, I'd like it. It's accurate, but what, what else is there? And then you see him play. It's like, he might as well be at Ohio State. He's dropping bombs, super accurate. <laughs> and he's throwing a Noah Brown and, and Nico Collins and making them look like pro bowlers. Uh, it's, it's been phenomenal what I've seen from him. Unbelievable. Yeah. Clear cut offensive rookie of the year. Speaking of the Texans game, though, Croc, how about this? Tying it in with the 49ers. Talking about OWs and running backs. How about this? How many points did they win by? Two? Two. 39-37. You know who accounted for three of their points? A running back kicking field goals. One for one, Dari Ogunbowale. Uh, Is he a soccer player? No, their kicker got hurt. Oh, I don't know what his background is. Um, But he kicked it fine. It was a short field goal. He had to kick some kickoffs, too, because their kicker got hurt. He went in there one for one, and he kicked a field goal, and they won by less than three points. So, um, (laughs) I mean, if if Kyle Shanahan didn't already have a kicker that he drafted in the third round, he might be scouting for for a guy that could play a little fullback, a little running back, a little receiver, a little wideback, and maybe a little kicker on top of it. Four nines like their Swiss Army knives. Yeah, they do. Um. All jokes aside, some very important games coming up, Croc. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, so, some teams in the rest of the NFL as well. So a couple of a- more AFC teams and uh, and that team that the 49ers are looking up at at the uh, at, at the seeding in the NFC for those those playoff seedings that they're going to see a little bit later in the in the year. And of course, a really tough s- schedule of games coming up. And Steve Wilkes, should he be in the booth? Should he be in the sideline? Does it matter? Next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And why would you go to LinkedIn Jobs? Well, everyone's already on LinkedIn Jobs, right? I'm on LinkedIn Jobs. You're on LinkedIn Jobs. That's where the people looking for jobs are, and they might even find out that they like your job better than the job they already have and, and want to apply for your job. Cause all you do is you add your job to your purple hashtag hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn businesses profile. And you spread the word that you're hiring simple tools like screening questions, make it easy to focus on just the right candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and eventually hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So the Ravens have kind of entered the chat from a team that 
has been good for years and years, and you knew it would be competitive this year to a team that's like, okay, they're they're playing exceptional football right now. And it's them and the Chiefs in the AFC. And watching Sunday Night Football, watching the Bengals against the 49ers last week, watching you know their how much better they played the last few weeks versus how their season started, I think the Bengals are still right there too. And, and I might even still have the Bengals over the Ravens if I was making the power rankings right now. And then the NFC, the Niners are still now like kind of the two, right? But there's the NFC is not a powerhouse conference right now. It's the Eagles one, and then the Niners probably two. And why, why would you have the Ravens below the Bengals? If they were playing in a neutral field today, I would take the Bengals. Hmm. I think they're just a better, more complete team. As well as the Ravens are playing, the Bengals are playing awesome football right now too. You can't How do you look think at they're their, more complete. Uh, they can throw it, they can run it, they can play defense. And I love their defensive coordinator, Lou Anarumo's uh, a dude. And I like their, I like them up front better. I like, I like Baltimore more. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'm they're, also, they're, dynamic, they're, they're hitting. With the receiver, you see, finally they're starting to figure out how to utilize Odell Beckham, and obviously, like he's not like OBJ, you know, but he's you know, he's still out there doing his thing. Their run game is just so lethal. Then they balance it out with the defense, who's you know really good. I mean, they they are really destroying teams. I, they might have, and I can look at it here, the highest point differential in the entire NFL. And I'm gonna look at it right now. Let's see. Yep, Baltimore Ravens number one in point differential. So like they're destroying teams. Kill me this says since he has no run game, Peacock. Well, I don't know if you watched the Cincinnati Bengals run on the 49ers, but they had success. They have ran better the last few weeks. They have. They're a different team. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. You got to throw out their record. There are three losses they had earlier in the year. It's just like that wasn't the same team that we're seeing right now. And, and a healthy Burrow, I'm going to bet on him. Like he's, he's just a, he's a dude. And I love Lamar too, but maybe I'm a little mad at Lamar because they put up 37 points and he got me Jack in my fantasy league. Come on, Lamar. You guys. Yeah. Don't hand it to Gus. Take it in yourself a couple times, man. Come on. Do, do, do yeah, he's my fantasy quarterback as well. I, I'm in yeah. one league. Now, Baltimore and the Bengals, they have played. Baltimore won that game, but it was early in the season. Uh, so we'll see. We'll keep monitoring that uh, AFC North, especially since the 49ers have to play uh, Baltimore Ravens soon. It's kind of more of the same as last year, though, Croc, is kind of what I'm getting at. So who were the last four teams in the tournament last year? It was uh, 49ers, Chiefs, Niners, Eagles, Chiefs, and Bengals, right? Yeah. So it's the same four teams plus Baltimore, right? Same teams. Yeah. Looking ahead. You don't think there's going to be like a sneaky team, like maybe I, like Detroit? I, I think there could be, but then every time you think there's a sneaky team, then they're always like, oh, what was that? You know, like the Seahawks or the, the Lions had one last week. Um, or... Uh, the Cowboys or the the I mean the Bills. Who who the Lions have that weird loss to right now? What what team was that? That, uh, that the was Lions? Monday night, right? Last not this week, but last week's Monday night, wasn't it? Let me double check on that. Uh, I think they uh, uh they, they got a... beat in the daytime by a team that goes by the name of the Baltimore Ravens and the score was oh, 30. Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens. yeah, the Ravens are thumping people right now. The Ravens are thumping. Yeah, I was just saying. It's true. You kind of disrespected um, them a little bit. <laughs> Kidding uh, me, this says Dolphins dis- disrespect. That, yeah, we kind of mentioned them. Yeah, yeah, the Dolphins. 
I mean, they didn't. They're kind of weird, though. I don't know. The Dolphins are super weird, and they haven't beat a good team yet. They haven't beat a remotely good team yet. In fact, they've only beaten awful teams. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, it's 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 wild out there. Uh, and AFC is going to be tougher to get through the tournament, which is why, I mean, I think all roads are going to go through Philadelphia because they've already got a head start now on everybody in the NFC. And they're playing – they're not even playing their best ball, but they're still just walking away from teams in the second half, which is, which is pretty uh, impressive on their part, including the Dallas Cowboys – this week, the Cowboys made it close. It didn't feel close at all. It, was, it ended up being a one-score game. I, I, but, um, yeah, the the Eagles 49ers looking ahead. This is this is the season right now, Croc. So, Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, Niners have to prove it, though. You got Jacksonville coming up. And Jacksonville, they, they are winning. They're coming off a bye, just like the 49ers. But they're winning games. What are they, 5-2 and two right now? Or 6-2? Yeah. Six and, six and two? So, are, uh, where'd they go? I don't know. My stuff's not loading anymore, but they are. I, I, I got it. Six and two. So we're, we're talking about a six and two team. They have a terrific quarterback. They're running the ball very well and throwing the ball to Travis Etienne. All their pass catchers are really like hitting their stride, especially Evan Ingram as the tight end. Like he's been awesome. Uh, that is a game that I think before the season is like, oh, that's a win. Four Niners, you go to Jacksonville, 10 a.m. game. It's not going to matter. You're just going to beat them. And now it's like, I view it. Definitely a lot, a lot different than I have in the past. Like Doug Peterson, he's a really good coach. And I think the way he has this team playing right now, like they play good football. So that this is going to be a, a tough one, especially for a team that's on a three-game skid. Like you can't lose this game. and But you're facing an opponent that just traditionally, or at least over the last 10 years, like they just haven't been good outside that one outlier year with Blake Bortles took them to the AFC Championship game. Uh but you just in your head is like, oh, it's a win. And then it's like, oh, actually, they're kind of good right now. And their defense is playing really good. Like on the road, 10 a.m. game, like this is going to be really tough for the Niners. And especially their run defense. And we've seen what's happened a couple games when, when teams did a really good job against the 49ers run game and turned them into a one-dimensional squad. So, yeah, going on the road, you can't let Jacksonville get a lead early. Um, they're, they're a good football team. And so Jacksonville Jaguars, week 10, Croc. Then... The 49ers come back home, play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is a winnable football game. No game is easy in the NFL. They got to play good football still. Then just this season, this is the season, week 12, 13, 14. You go at Seahawks, short week. Uh, is that Thursday night? No, that's a that's a Sunday nighter, excuse me. Sunday nighter at Seattle Seahawks. Then at the Philadelphia Eagles the following Sunday. And then back home against the Seahawks. Thur- Thursday, Thursday night, they play... On uh, Thanksgiving, Seahawks. Oh, that's why it's NBC. Okay, I saw NBC and I was like, I thought it was Thursday, but it's NBC. That must be Sunday. No, you're right. Yeah, eleven twenty-three. So it's it's uh it is Thanksgiving Thursday against the Seahawks. Then a mini buy at the Philadelphia Eagles back home against the Seahawks. So Seahawks, Eagles, Seahawks. Uh, that is such an important stretch for the 49ers. Then you go to Arizona, and then you get the Ravens after that too. So it doesn't end there, but those three games are so important. And then you got the Jags and the Ravens in that you know what six seven game stretch. So um. Still a lot of work to do for the San Francisco 49ers, and they got to get this right coming out of the bye. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, one thing that we've seen from the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, I think they do a terrific job of just preparing. Like With that time off, they come back. I think they're going to be re- refreshed, ready to go. 
good game plan. Get Debo Samuel back. That'll be huge. And, you know, start to get to clicking again. Now, the health of Trent Williams, that's going to be a tricky one. Obviously, the offensive line hasn't been great. I think he has a legit like high ankle sprain. I, I You don't typically see guys just, oh, I sprained my ankle, so I'm going to miss two games. Like, that You that typically doesn't happen. So I think this ankle injury was definitely significantly worse than what they've led us to believe. And I'm not even sure, like, to what extent he'll be, you know, available this Sunday. But, you, like, you need him against Jacksonville. Like, that's yeah, going to be that, huge. That Debo-Trent combo has been really important. Uh, and I think it's easy, easier, obviously, to um, to navigate losing one of those guys. And it has been pointed out to us a few times that last year the 49ers scored 30 points a game in, in games where they didn't have Debo. I think it's a combination of Debo and Trent Williams and how many big runs the 49ers get off that left side of the offensive line, not having Trent there. It affects the passing game as well. Pass rush getting there a little bit quicker. But you don't have the, the quick run after catch guy uh, for the quick game and the passing game in Debo anymore either at the same time. So I, I think those two, two things together matter, even though they've shown in the past they can navigate losing one of those guys at a time. The combos obviously hurt them. Um, Pharrell says, when you guys do some Q&A, hit us with the cues, dude. We can't A it if you don't cue it. Right, Croc? Yeah, well, we can do that in the third segment. Yeah, we'll do that in the next uh, segment. I want to talk about Steve Wilkes. I want to talk uh, Booth sideline. I wonder what you think about that, Croc, if it's important to have a coach that can talk to you on the sideline or get in your face maybe if, if it's something uh, that is needed there. And, um, yeah, and we'll do the Q&A as well. Whatever you guys want to talk about 49ers style, hit us in the chat next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. It's time to score with FanDuel. And our listeners and new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet and you, as long as you win a money line bet. So again, that is new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 500 bucks. If your team wins on that first $5 bet for new customers at FanDuel that you can use to bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, uh, 49ers to win the Super Bowl odds. A little bit better odds now after three losses than it was, but they're still top three team right now in betting odds to win the Super Bowl ahead of the Baltimore Ravens, by the way, Croc. Um, the mind was maybe that'll change tomorrow. We'll see what the what the lines look like in the morning. But yeah, bet on anything 49ers related, NFL related, NBA related, NHL, motorsports, combat sports. You can find it at FanDuel. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on and get that going and kick it off in style in at FanDuel. That is fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. All right. We think about Steve Wilkes, Croc. Uh, one of the things that worries me about the 49ers going into the bye is hearing Kyle Shanahan speak about it. Um, you know, it, me and you talk about it. There's things that we're like, okay, they got to do this better. They got to do this better. Are they missing this player? Are they missing this player? What's happening here? Why is this happening? I feel like there's 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 not a lot of answers. And I, I'm not surprised that the lay people out there don't have the answers. I'm not surprised that you and I don't have all the answers, Croc for what ailed the 49ers the last three weeks. But I don't like seeing Kyle Shanahan be like, oh, I don't know, maybe we'll put him on the sideline instead of the booth. Is that, I don't know. You know, and as you've noticed, as you, as you mentioned there, CJ Stroud, guess what? The, the Texans offense went and scored enough to where 
they could win a game when their defense gave up 37 points. The 49ers haven't been doing that on offense either. So it's not just defensive playing call, play calling that's hurting the 49ers for the last three weeks. Um, maybe it's beneficial, but I just feel like that's not the problem. What do you think? Do you think it would benefit for the 49ers, uh, be a benefit for the 49ers for Steve Wilkes to leave the booth and call plays from the sideline? You know, everybody has a preference. That was not even something I've ever even thought about. Like, in even all my years of playing football, you know, I've kind of dealt with both, but never thought, oh, man, I need to have my defensive coordinator right there on the sideline. A lot of times, too, typically you're talking to your position coach. Like, they're the ones that usually come over to talk to you about, you know, making some adjustments or something. Maybe the D.C. says something to them, but that's still being relayed even when you're in the booth. I'm pretty sure Steve Wilkes calls down, hey, or actually they have headsets on, hey, tell Croc, stop doing blah, 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 look at this, look at this, see this, and this is what we're going to try to do. Like, the information is being relayed. I don't know if it makes a difference for some guys that need to look a coach in the eyes, uh, but it's just a little, it's a little weird to me that this has been an issue. Now, we did see... Gosh, I was watching the game, and they talked about how the office coordinator went from the booth to the field. I think the Steelers, maybe was it the Matt Steelers? Canada? The Steelers, yep. That's that was that yeah. was it, and they won. It, yeah, but their offense kind of still looked the same. Stinky. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think they won because he went down onto the field. So uh, everybody has a preference. I think 49ers, 49ers fans are used to seeing Robert Sala on the sideline, D'Amico Ryan's on the sideline. You get to kind of see that. Uh, you know, their attitude, their swagger, you know, just uh, getting pumped up with their players. And maybe the 49 players are used to that. And then with Wilkes, maybe he's just not like that. Because even when you watch him, I saw a good play happen and he like didn't smile or didn't anything. So maybe just the way he is maybe doesn't quite vibe. But I don't think that's going to change with him going from the booth to the sideline. I will say the he called plays from this from the booth last year for the Carolina Panthers, right? And then he became interim yeah. head coach and he went down to the sideline. And what they do? They won whatever five out of six or something like that. They had a, they had a nice stretch well. at the end of the year where they won some games. Uh, I do think there's got to be some conversations that can be had that could be helpful. That's that's the one thing I think could absolutely. I mean, he, he's not a raw, raw guy. You know, maybe there's a face to face he needs to have with somebody. Maybe that'll help their tackling if he's like yelling at guys because they're missing tackles and he's he's not, you know, he's in the booth and he can't yell against someone's face. But I think just like conversations, you know, Fred walks off the field and says, hey, I'm seeing this. You know, that's not a conversation he can have from the booth. And he might be able to get some of those things relayed back and forth. But it's not like a quick face-to-face. Kyle's calling plays now on offense. And Fred Warner, 54, walks up to you. He's the you know the leader of the, the defense. And he's like, hey, I'm seeing this. This is happening. I, I think that could be somewhat helpful. So, yeah. But I don't think he's ever going to be a rah-rah guy. There's not Steve Wilkes' M.O. Um, I seen the chat. Uh, Kittle, Kittle me this. He says Wilkes equals Fangio 2.0. Like F- Fangio was in the booth. Like, did it matter that he wasn't on the field with crazy Alden Smith and Justin Smith and Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis? Like, it did not matter. What, what the, the information got related. Matter of fact, can't you talk to the person in in the helmet with the uh sp- with the uh the green dot? So he's yeah, so able to communicate. Now you can't communicate uh, back. One he's able to communicate with. Even just through that, through that, yeah. Uh, and then you can pick up the phone on the sideline or whatever. They they do have communication to be able to do to have those conversations. But maybe he just needs some. Because you remember the famous um, Mike Nolan when he was defensive coordinator for the uh, for the Ravens, and Mike Singletary was linebackers coach, and he 
told Singletary from the booth, he talked to Singletary on the field. He said, hey, when Ray Lewis comes off the field, I want you to chew his ass out a little bit. And so he had somebody to be like his his heavy for him, right? You know, yeah. someone to to maybe maybe Wilkes needs that guy on the sideline that's maybe not him, it's somebody else that can talk to the guys in a certain way. Maybe, maybe that's something that would be helpful. I don't know. And maybe he's the one that needs to do that. 49ers don't have that guy. He's not making tackles out there, Croc. He's just he's calling the place. They got to figure something out, though. You uh, they do. just keep into the season to kind of not have answers, and it's just, hearing Kyle be unsure about his own coaches that that is a little bit a little bit worrisome. And you got to be able to put seen, seventeen points uh, on offense. I've seen some all twenty two stuff. I've seen some stuff uh, get sent to me, and you know, asking like, "Hey, man, who's wrong? Who who who's playing is wrong?" One thing I'll never do is you know, I I don't like to guess when it comes to scheme because I don't know what the players are told or how they were told to play it. Uh, but I will say the plays that were sent to me, it, it just looked like it was a better better offensive play call than the defensive call. It, whatever the offense was thinking ahead of time, it almost seemed like he knew what the what the 49ers defense was going to play. So then he something. called something to where it would be difficult for them to defend. Now, that's what Kyle Shanahan does, right? Like Kyle Shanahan, he calls plays that put guys in a tight spot or puts a guy in a bind, right? Like that's like his superpower. But I think we forget that he's not the only good play caller in the league. You know, he sets guys up a certain way, and we're so used to seeing that. Uh, But I think there are other really good coordinators around the league. And if you watched how Joe Burrow and the Bengals executed tonight, it's like, well, it's not just the 49ers defense. Like, they executed. He was money. He was really good. I mean, what did Joe Burrow throw for tonight? 360-something, whatever it was, right? Like, So it was not like, oh, I'm just good against the 49ers. It's like, no, I'm hitting my stride right now, and, and I'm getting back to being that top two, top three quarterback that he was just a year ago, right? He just started this season hurt. So it, it could be some of that where maybe Kirk Cousins and Joe Burrow just good. The tough thing is you, you don't get a break. Because you play Trevor Lawrence, he's playing good football right now, too. Yeah, you're going to play a lot of good quarterbacks, especially when you get into the playoffs. Uh, Pharrell's question, I don't know if you heard Richard Sherman's comments on this. I did not, Croc. Um, Pharrell says, do you think Steve Wilkes will mirror last year's defensive scheme or do what Richard Sherman says he's playing man on first and second downs on his podcast? Yeah, I'd have to look in, and see okay. what they're doing. Now, t- typically – you play more zone, especially on early downs, run downs, because now you have more eyes on the ball, right? Like more eyes in the backfield. When I'm playing zone, I can read my keys and through my keys, I can see what's going on kind of in the backfield, even if it's just my peripheral vision. So if it's a run play, I can kind of see it. Or if, and now we can all fly to the ball as opposed to man where maybe I'm pressed up, my eyes are on my guy. And now you don't have as many eyeballs uh, in the backfield to help stop the run. So, uh, if there is an issue on early downs playing more man, I would say it would be more of that as opposed to being able to defend the pass. Teams are throwing the ball on early downs more than they ever did too. So it's, it's you know, seeing more big nickel people trying to stop the run of nickels. They know they got to defend the pass as well. Um, Womack might be, might be back in action, might be activated. Uh, do you think Womack goes outside Demo in the slot? Roberto wants to know. That's what they tried in the preseason. Uh, you know, uh, Womack was playing on the outside, but, you know, he also got kind of burnt down the sideline in the Raider game. 
Uh, they took him up top. Uh, he's given up for a guy that's, you know, wrong corner, runs in the four threes. He's been taken up top quite a few times. So, you know, it could be just he's not out there enough. Like, he's not as comfortable. But it's not like it's something that I'm excited to see. I, I, I'm, I would be more excited just to see kind of where he's at in his development as opposed to thinking this is the answer. Like, he still has to show me that. Yeah, excited is not the word. I would be interested. I'd be very interested to see what it looked like, though, and, and see if right. there's you know more changes to come. And after the bye week is the time. Like, and that's one thing we haven't really talked about. There might be some changes. Like, we might show up Sunday and be like, oh, so-and-so's first team blank that we didn't expect, you know, right guard or something. Like, oh, okay, that's that's happening. And uh, we might see that at corner. We might see that at a, at a few positions. Uh, last one here. This one from Adrian says, does the number one seed seem unlikely? Eagles going through the ringer soon also. Um, I would say it does seem unlikely that game against the Eagles, obviously huge because, um, you know, it's a double whammy there, but you've already got to make up two games on the Eagles and win a tiebreaker to get the the one seed over. So that, that two game lead is going to be tough. And so that would mean you'd have to play really well and the Niners wouldn't be able to lose a lot of games and, and count on the Eagles losing more than two games, that would be difficult. But beating the Eagles would be a huge part of that because then you got the head-to-head tiebreaker and you're one game closer there, and now you're only one game behind. Well, you look at the next four games. They have Kansas City at Arrowhead. Then they play Buffalo. Then they play the four times. Then they play Dallas Cowboys. And then they play in Seattle, which I think makes a difference for the Seahawks. Like, Geno just plays better there at their house. So – if there is an opportunity or a window to kind of catch them, it would be that window. And obviously a big game with the 49ers, like having to win that game. So there, but there isn't, there is a, there's a chance. Like, do you just think they just steamroll through that entire stretch? Like I, I don't, I, I can no. see them losing two games. Yeah. I don't think so. But then that would mean the 49ers would have to be perfect just to match them. True. At that spot, you know, cause they're two games behind right now. And it's, it's going to be difficult for the 49ers because they have to stay on point and they have to stay up for three games in a row. You can't have that letdown game in between, you know, and, and you got a Thursday nighter on the road, which is many times Seattle's a tough place to play. It's in their house. That's like a, when you look at the schedule, you, you take the, you take the players off the field, just say, okay, at Seattle Thursday night, short week, that is a scheduled loss in a lot of cases. So that's a tough game. And then you follow that up with the Philadelphia game and then you go back and, and play Seattle again. So they're going to have to be on it, man. And so whatever it was that's ailed the team the last few weeks, they got to be, they have to have that figured out coming out of the bye. It gets tough. At least you have a lot of time to prepare for that Eagles team after yeah. the Thursday night game. So I, I think you just got to look at it like, look, we're going to go all in, you know, go all in on, on the Seahawks game Thursday night. Boom. Get that dub. Now we have 10 days to prepare for Philly. Get rested up, well rested, you know, travel, like everything is good. You're coming and go win that game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Appreciate all the folks jumping in with the live chat here. It's late on a Sunday night. Uh, love all you that are driving to work, listening to us uh, as uh, as everydayers out there here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Really appreciate you guys. And, of course, we'll be back every single day this week trying to get David Harrison of uh, Locked On Washington Commanders podcast to give us his insider scouting report on the newest 49er, Chase Young. And I was kind of disappointed, Croc, when the when I realized I already knew it was a bye week, but then the game started and I was like, man, I want to see, I want to see Chase Young in a 49ers uniform. I want to see what that looks like, man. I'm pumped for that. So Do we know uh, what number he is? We, I still don't know. I do not know what number he is, but we're going to find out because we'll hit the practice field on Tuesday. 
right? Or do yeah, they come back yeah. Monday to practice after a bye? Because usually Monday's yeah, an they off. Might. Yeah, they might practice Monday. Okay, well, we'll find out soon enough what that's going to look like. So uh, stay tuned here every day. Locked on 49ers, Brian Peacock, Eric Crocker. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Talk to you next time right here, Locked on 49ers.